Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Need to light the candle. Oh, did you look up what how you pronounce that shit? Oh no, that's what I was gonna do. Guadalupe. 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 Like it. Guadalupe. Um, if you're wondering what we're trying to pronounce, we got a new candle. So Jesus is no longer retired. with us. He retired. And for this next season. Or two. Or two. Might keep her a while. We have the Virgin of Guadalupe. <laughs> it actually just says Our Lady of Guadalupe. Sorry, Our Lady of Guadalupe. I don't know why you always got to talk about um, virgins. We need to light it, though. I think you should do the honors. Do we have a lighter? No. Oh. How does this work? Oh, damn. This thing's intense. What? <laughs> like, Isn't that fucking sweet? It's <laughs> powerful. Our Lady of Guadalupe is now lit and lightened. She, she has, has been, been lit. lit. <laughs> Dude, you could like weld some shit together with this thing. I That's like one of my best purchases this month. It's a Perlite torch lighter. I recommend it for everybody. For all your lighting needs. I got it at Sea Tire. That's gnarly. Okay. I can hear you breathing. You are breathing. You're a breather. Well, okay, the reason, so if you guys had listened to earlier episodes, um, and I was out of breath a lot, so the reason for that is <laughs> I got knocked up. That is not how you're going to say it. <laughs> Do not. Try again. Try well, again. But that's the truth. I know. I guess. Okay, so. Let's do this. Do it again. loop. <laughs> So the reason why I've been so heavily out of breath in our recordings is uh, because I... Diabetes. <laughs> I have diabetes. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, no, it's because I'm pregnant. You! So me and Darla... Are having a baby. We're having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, right? Super crazy. Um. So yeah, we're... <laughs> we're really doing it. <laughs> So, welcome back, everybody. You really drew the short straw, though, if you're the one actually having the baby. That's that's a tough one. If it was our baby and you had to have the baby, I won that. Well, I mean, I have so far enjoyed being pregnant. I don't think you were in the same boat when you were pregnant. No. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm seven months in, by the way. So, we're on the home stretch here. And she's a rock star about it. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. For the record, it really isn't our baby for people that don't know us. <laughs> I no. already have my babies. Darla has our babies. This is sort of my baby as well. It's my turn now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, we're just adding to our family. 
It's and amazing. the baby does have a father. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I am the father. Okay. It's the best news ever, though. I'm it, so happy. I'm so happy for me and for you. I'm happy for us. I am, too. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> so we're going to continue. Um, as long as possible, yeah. I suppose. We're going to keep doing this until Kezia waves a white flag and is like, I'm done. We'll be recording at the hospital. Like mid labor, mid push, mid push. We'll think be doing so? an episode. Yeah, I mean it's a first for everything. Right? I think we should do that. Oh, we could definitely try. <laughs> Imagine the doctors are like, "Excuse me, why I have, do you like, have recording equipment?" In I here? have like a, a, a microphone like in your face. <laughs> oh man, that would be some next level birthing shit right there. Let's do it. Um. Okay. So, first of all, this is Radio Face Stories. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm drinking for two. <laughs> for three. Uh, I just met you. I, the baby's not supposed to drink. I was just drinking oh, for you and right. me. Okay. But that's, yeah, three, sure. <laughs> yeah, this is the podcast. It is the podcast. The podcast, Radio Face Stories. We are back after a little uh, hiatus. We took a little hiatus. It was a good break. It was a great break. You know what? It was needed. It, we was, need, it was needed. We needed to refocus. <laughs> we, were, we were losing focus. We need to regroup. But you know what, guys? So this is officially season three, right? Yep. 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 And um, we're going to change the program a little bit. Yeah, the format's a bit different. So Just... do you, do you want to tell our listeners? Uh, yeah. So the plan is that we will only be doing one one actual story per episode. So we'll take turns. That will give us a little more time to uh, really hone in on those journalist skills, to do our, our due diligence on our research and uh, our editing and Exactly. So we can just throw out these high quality episodes for you. Exactly. Use all the knowledge, all the knowledge, and we all have. our skills that yep. we've built over the years, <laughs> and really just hone in. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a real professional season for us. Yes. So I'm excited for that. Get ready. I hope that you are all excited for that too, because t- at the end of the day, we really missed it. Yeah, I did. I missed I- it. I really did. I need this. And um, I hope you guys feel the same. We missed you. We missed missed you. you. So without further ado, (laughs) this is episode one of season three. Wait, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Are we getting rid of uh, rock, paper, scissors then? No. Okay. I think that's like our classic thing. Oh, because we only have one story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's sad. I never thought about that. We have to retire it. That's okay. Change is good. Are you are you good? Do you need oxygen? No, I'm just. That's a sigh of me just processing oh. that we're not going to be rock paper scissorsing anymore. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it had a good run. Every once in a while, we could play rock paper illness again, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, rock if paper anything. Okay. Yeah, we All definitely right. should. That's fine. Moving on. I'm glad we're <laughs> figuring this out now while we're recording. Well, that's usually when we figure stuff out. <laughs> Do you have anything interesting to share before we dive in? Darla, I have so many interesting things to share. Let's hear it. Okay, so the first thing that I wanted to share with our listeners is um, I stayed over at Darla's the other night, and generally in the morning, we have coffee. And I noticed that Darla has, actually, I've noticed this for many years, but I've never questioned it. Darla has an excessive amount of coffee mugs. And by excessive, I mean one whole cupboard is pretty much dedicated to coffee mugs. 
Uh, I feel like, no, there absolutely is a cupboard dedicated just to mugs, and I don't think this is weird. Okay, no. I Well, I'm going to just give my two bits <laughs> and see what the people think. So um, I went ahead and counted all the mugs. So the dishwasher, top rack, pretty much all mugs. I just want to interrupt you for a second, and I feel like this is kind of saying more about you than me. You took the time out to count my mugs. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. That's weirder than having mugs. N- no, because I need to know I need to know how many mugs. This is what I'm saying. You're a mug police and that's odd. Well, I've I've thought about this for years. <laughs> I'm like Darla's got a lot of mugs. Mind you, they're all great mugs. Fuck, right? Like how do you have a favorite? You can't. I just have multiple. They're all good for various reasons. So she also informed me that some of the mugs are seasonal, so they are also packed away. So <laughs> Yes. So Nobody, if you had to guess. animal has their Christmas mugs out year round? No. Nobody. Well, that makes sense. But okay. if you had to guess how many Halloween and Christmas mugs you had packed away, how many would that be? Well, probably 10. To okay. 12. 10 to 12. So, so the count that I had gotten was 52. <laughs> 52 mugs in, in any given day to choose from. Plus, we're adding another 10 to that, possibly, for the seasonal mugs. So that's around 62 mugs. Now, I counted my mugs today. I have seven. <laughs> Mind you, I do live alone, so I'm not judging. But oh, if you're... I had five people over, which is a lot of people, everyone would still have a mug. For the record, you are absolutely judging. And I'm not judging. all this tells me is that you need a mug for your birthday. <laughs> I don't know if I have room for mugs. <laughs> My then mugs you, share the cupboard with my glasses. You need to dedicate a shelf at least or a whole cupboard to mugs. Seriously though, like mug a mug is a subspecies of a cup and it's genius and it's perfect and it just enhances my deep rooted relationship with coffee and it's important and necessary and I don't know why you have to be like that. I'm, no, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about it. it I'm just making an observation. That is all. So my question to our listeners is, do you think 52 mugs is excessive? Also, how many mugs do you have? Uh, we would love to hear from you. Keep in mind there's five people living in this home. I, uh, three of them do not drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe hot chocolate. Yeah, exactly. They do drink hot chocolate. Okay. So whatever. We'll leave it up to the listeners to decide. Again, not judging, just observing. Where's my mug lovers? <laughs> um, my dad also has a thing with birds, and so I have counted all the birds in his living room. They're all like ceramic or wood or whatever, pictures of birds, bird hangings on the wall. I think he's got somewhere around 30 to 40 birds. That is Okay, you cannot compare me to someone ad- collecting birds in their house. Darla, you collect There's mugs. There's a fucking purpose for a mug. What's the purpose of a bird in it's, your house? It's so that you can look at it. You can look at my <laughs> mugs, but they also have a use. That's no, no, it's not the same thing. Okay, it's not the same thing, but these are the kind of things that I observe. When people have an excessive amount of something, <laughs> I must count. Well, I feel sorry for you that you don't have enough mugs to bring joy to your life like that. Okay, well, you, maybe you should get me... I fucking will. That's what you're getting for your next birthday, Christmas, and birthday again for, like, ever. Mugs. Okay, done. And maybe we'll get Radio Face mugs made. Uh, Yes, we will. So that's a cool thing. That is a cool thing. And thanks for outing me um, publicly like this. Well, you know what? You were there when I counted them. You knew I was up to something. You look like a weirdo. I don't care. I... I am... 
a middle-aged pregnant woman, <laughs> I have zero fucks to give. Yeah, this is fair. This, I'm not going to get into that battle. You're good to go. Uh, I'm going to change the subject now yes. to a movie, we, a movie we watched recently. You know what movie I'm going to bring up? Uh, no. <laughs> the Sadness. It's oh, the most horrifically disturbing God. movie I've watched, I think, ever. Okay. I almost had blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> Glad I brought it back. Um, it is the most disturbing yeah. movie it was, I've ever seen. Yeah. It, uh, it's a Taiwanese horror film, and <laughs> I don't know if I, I do not recommend it necessarily unless you absolutely like to be disturbed and like extremely disturbed. It's extremely. not even mildly disturbing. No. No. And we almost didn't make it through it. No. Like, but then it's like you're already in it, so why not? Yes. I will warn you guys you can't unsee the mm-mm. things that you see. Mm mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to leave it there. There's nothing else to say about it. it. You can look it up. It's called The Sadness. I can't remember what we watched it on. Was it Prime? Crave? I don't know. Shudder. If, if you want to find it, you'll find it. It's called The Sadness. Good luck to you. Good luck. Have fun. Be or- careful. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to tell you. Okay. I think that you might enjoy this. I don't really know how I feel about it, but I think it was on Facebook. I don't. I don't know. Someone called The Brave Wilderness leaked this <laughs> these photos and it says i'll just read it to you leaking pictures here before they're taken down by the government officials trying to cease our footage i found a large primate skull skull in british columbia i filmed it i cut the footage and i'm releasing it on at brave wilderness this weekend i've kept this secret for several weeks yes i have the skull i smuggled it through customs and it's currently in a secure location awaiting a primatologist review Absolutely. A whatatologist? A primatologist, someone that studies primates, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's absolutely unreal. We thought it was a bear skull when we found it. I can 100% guarantee it is not. The skull was found partially buried underground in deep back forest ravine after a massive storm in the Pacific Northwest. There's clearly a bunch of trees and earth were disturbed. I'm sure these pictures will be taken down, as will the video, by the government or state park officials. But the skull is safe. I don't know if it's what you all think it might be. I cannot explain the finding. What do you believe? And then it posts pictures. So I'm guessing he's hinting that it's a fucking Sasquatch. (gasps) So that was just at the beginning of this month. Whoa, it's got like very protruding um, eyebrow bones. Yeah, it's it's huge. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Kez, what you believe or what you think. Well, you know I believe in the Sasquatch. Well, this maybe is the first real proof of a Sasquatch skull. Oh, my God. We will post that for you guys to uh, enjoy and analyze. I'm excited. I can't wait for this to be released. (laughs) (laughs) I still think it's hogwash. You would. Mm -hmm. Some things haven't changed around here. (laughs) No, ma'am. Because Darla's... Darla's going to be telling her story tonight. Um, I do have a couple things to just bring to the table so I don't completely suck. (laughs) Well, the first thing I wanted to do was the update on the Trina Hunt case, but that kind of shortly backfired because I don't know if, if you guys have been following, but her husband got arrested. So everyone was like, yeah, we knew it It was him. And then he got released. So, um, there's not enough evidence, obviously, so we don't really know. Which is crazy because you'd think they would they wouldn't have arrested him this late in the game without being very sure, right? Right. Uh, so the fact that he was arrested and released again, I I don't under I don't know. I don't understand. They haven't really said anything that we can find. No, they haven't. Um, it's bizarre. 
I think just we were reading a Reddit form. I think they were hoping to maybe get just get a confession out of him. Mm. But uh, yeah, so still a dead end. Um, got excited for a second and then, you know, what want. Yeah. The other thing. So I sent you a TikTok the other day of the Whitaker family, that like inbred family. Right. Did you see did you see the TikTok? No. Okay. So it's this inbred family. They live in a small town called Odd in West Virginia. So I watched the TikTok a few times because it's quite disturbing. And then I actually went and looked this family up. So there's like a couple little documentaries on, on YouTube about them. <laughs> Let me just catch my <laughs> mom breath. <laughs> so okay. I don't know if you guys have seen this family or not, but they are bizarre. There's 15 siblings. They are all inbred from three generations. Ew. So as far as I know, like farther down the family tree, the mutations get worse. The more that the inbred inbreeding happens and it's like actually like the hills have eyes kind of what they look like. So there's, a f- I think, five members living together in this tiny little shack. So this guy, Mark, he went in and filmed to them, and they're actually protected by the neighbors. So if people people can't just go there to, to look at them because they're not like a tourist attraction, yeah, they're actually, you know, people with a life. And it's very sad how they came to be this way. Like, it's not their fault. You know, it's their parents, obviously. But, like, why Anybody? are they still having babies together? I think this is like the end of the line because none of these 15 siblings have children, but one of them, his name is Ray, he can't actually talk. He barks. He barks like a dog because he was uh, surrounded by dogs when he was little, so he learned how to communicate. By barking. By barking. And so, and then there's the older sibling, I, f- I think her name Betty. She looks after the other ones. She's like the most with it. But they're all pretty bad. So they kind of kept to themselves and they live. Their living situation is not the greatest. If you go in their house, it's messy and dirty and horrible. They're probably very poor. How do they work? Exactly. So I think after these documentaries got released, people started a GoFundMe for them. So they actually managed to raise $45,000. Nice. So I think they moved into like a new trailer and did renovations and it's better, but they're it's still like if you go on YouTube you can watch this footage there's not that much but it it definitely gives you like a an idea of their life it's kind of um, like a train wreck like you don't want to look but you can't not look exactly yeah <laughs> so i just wanted to talk a little bit about inbreeding and how it works so when two people mate it's basically you're like shuffling the dna between two partners but when you inbreed, the shuffling doesn't happen because so many of the genes are the same. So they kind of, I guess, mutate. And if there are, there's two recessive genetic disorder genes with the inbred couple, it's a given that the offspring will have an increased chance of defects. Hmm. Um, scientists and doctors have established that inbreeding leaves the offspring at a greater risk of cognitive defects and genetic diseases. What about like physical abnormalities? Like I feel like they would look off as well. Yes. Yeah. So they definitely have physical deformities. You can tell from this family in particular, like their eyes, they just don't look right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something to do with the jawline Hmm. is weird. And they're not very with it. 
some of them can't talk. Right. And then Ray, like, he just barks. He knows what you're saying, but he will answer you with barking. Jesus. (laughs) It's pretty wild. So what happened with their family is there were two sisters that were twins. And those sisters each had children. And the son from the one sister and the daughter from the other, they got married. So they were first cousins. Right. So they got married. And then John, the husband, he had a twin brother, Henry. And John's daughter, Gracie, and Henry's son, John. You still with me? Sort of. (laughs) They are first cousins. So they got married. And they had the 15 kids. They had 15 kids? They had kids? 15 kids. Stop it. So then they moved to this small town, Odd, in West Virginia. Perfect. And that's where they raised these deformed children. And they've just lived this very reclusive life because they were made fun of. I think a few of them did go to school, but they were always picked on. And so they basically just sheltered themselves. And now they're protected by the neighbors. I think even the de- it says the deputies in the town yeah. protect them. They, you know, they're like, leave these people alone. Well, you don't for need sure. To go look at yeah, them. they're not a sideshow. Uh, how does Odd spelled? Is it like literally spelled? O D D. Yeah. The fuck. Why did they name a place called Odd? Why? I know. That's it's weirder weird. than the whole story. So the father, I think he did work um, at some like a plant or something, and the mom just stayed at home with the kids. So they're obviously passed away now. These siblings are all various ages, but all very. Yeah, they that's, don't go. That's really sad. It's very sad, and it's very disturbing, and. I mean, the only light positive I can see is the people that the GoFundMe that raised all this money for them and that the fact that I guess they're protected by the community, but that's really fucked up. It is fucked up. I feel weird about it. Icky. And um, so back in the day, like apparently royal families would do this to keep their bloodlines pure. Mm-hmm. So they would have their children or whatever would mate with their cousins and uncles. and But if a baby was born deformed, they would just... Like discard it discard it and try again ew and it happened for generations and charles ii of spain he was born in 1661 he was inbred and apparently he couldn't speak till he was four and he couldn't walk till he was eight and he died at the age of 38 the autopsy of his body was apparently there was so many things wrong with him it's kind of like how purebred animals don't live as long as mixed breeds well that was the other point i was going to make so yeah. like dogs are inbred right to get the breed you want and the purebreds generally all have a lot of health complications yeah so apparently we've been doing it for years with animals like getting the perfect genetically made cow or whatever you know pigs or chickens but it's not the way it was meant to be no no and definitely not in humans um well that's fucked up thank you for that (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) i just was really fascinated by it like, I was disturbed, but then going in and seeing this family and how they live and knowing that it's clearly it's not their fault mm-hmm. that they're like this, but it was, like, three generations. Um, and apparently it's pretty common in West Virginia and, like, these small towns that people in- are inbreeding. That's gross. I don't know why this it's a lot. thing, but yeah. southern states, weird place Yeehaw. to go. All right, I think uh, let's take a quick break before... Yeah, I'm so sweaty. Okay. (laughs) This video is sponsored by Old Man Diapers. (laughs) If you visit the website 
old man diapers, one million slash eight five. You can get in, enter the code um radio face stories slash old man diapers. You can get up to fifty free boxes. <laughs> Buy them. I just want to say something. Uh oh. Not to you, to our listeners. <laughs> I'm in. I know that I know that you guys are listening and we have mentioned a few times that we need some material for our commercial section. I mean, if you enjoy listening to Maya um, tell really funny commercials and nonsense, nonsense, then we will continue. But if you have something you would like to share, either a shout out or a birthday or a cool Maybe thing. Maybe you want to promote uh, a home business. Yes. Yeah, Please. or a birthday. Yeah, totally. Just Anything. Some shout-outs. Yeah. Anything you want us to say, I promise you guys, we will say it. There's not much we won't say on this podcast. No, we're, we're pretty we're pretty open that way. <laughs> yes. So maybe you got a good joke. Yeah. Maybe you got a sweet riddle. Yes. Please give us something. Someone out there, give us something so we don't. We know that you're out there. <laughs> And that at least one person is listening. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you. Enough of the sob story. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is the disappearance of Casey Bohan. So August 4th, 1989, Barbara Bohan tucked her daughter, three-year-old Casey, into bed for the night. Little did she know that this would be the last time that she would ever speak to her young daughter. Casey lived with her mother, Barbara, her eight-month-old sister, Stacy and her mother's boyfriend, Jonathan. They had recently moved into their home on 94 Ave in North Delta, BC, I think about a month prior to the to the disappearance. Okay. On the morning of August 5th, 1989, Barbara went into her children's bedroom around 6.30 in the morning to change Stacy's diaper, and at that time she covered up Casey with her blanket before returning back to bed to go to sleep. Stacy and Casey. Stacy and Casey. Cute. So yeah, so she, you know, changed the baby's diaper, and then went back to sleep for a few more hours. Mm -hmm. At 9.30 in the morning, Jonathan, who was then up with Stacy, thought he heard Casey crying from her bedroom, and he went in there to see her, but she wasn't in her bed. He then assumed, for whatever fucking reason, that she was just watching TV, because the TV was on. But he didn't actually go and check. Like downstairs TV Uh, or a different room? It it was a two-story house, so it could be a downstairs um, it didn't. It didn't specify. Weird. So Barbara and Jonathan had were expecting company around ten that morning, and their, so their friends Karen and Christopher were coming over to have coffee, as they were. Barbara and Jonathan were building a fence uh, at their house, and Karen and Christopher had just done that at their home. So they were coming over to discuss, you know, fences. how you build <laughs> fences, I guess. Riveting. So ten a.m. They come over for coffee, have a visit, shoot the shit, and around ten a.m. Karen questioned where Casey was. And Barbara said that she was still sleeping because she'd gone to bed late the night before, around 11. How old is Casey's Casey's three. Sorry. That's okay, go ahead. Just picturing a three-year-old, like, getting up and, like, putting on the TV and just, like, doing her thing. Yeah, no, it's it's really bizarre already so far. So, So Karen thought it was weird that she was still sleeping anyways and asked if she could check on her. So, like, this isn't even the mom. This is the mom's friend is like, oh, well, can I go peek on her? And mm-hmm. and Barbara said, no, she didn't want her to be woken up. 
if she's still sleeping, just let her be. But Karen didn't listen, and she went just to go peek anyways and noticed that she was not in her bed. So alarmed, Karen went to Barbara and told her uh, she's not in her bed. Is there somewhere else she would be? And immediately they started searching the house for Casey. Mm -hmm. They quickly realized Casey was nowhere to be found, and they extended the search to the neighborhood. Soon others in the area joined the search, and by 11 in the morning, they had contacted the police to officially report Casey missing. Police dogs were brought and tracked Casey's scent down the road all the way to Annieville Park, where the scent then ended. Police searched the park and surrounding area extensively, but found no trace of Casey. After three days, they called off the search. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Imagine your kid's missing, and then they're like, oh, we gave it a solid 72 hours, you know. No, What else do you want from us? Yeah. So the search was, however, continued by friends and family of the Bullens. The last known sighting of Casey was by a neighbor who saw the little girl dressed and playing with a doll on the front porch of her house at about 9.30 that morning. Police had zero suspects, and the only person they officially ruled out was Casey's biological father, Donald Bohan, who didn't even live in, he lived in like Saskatchewan. He didn't even live in the area. He, they gave him a polygraph test to make sure that he didn't maybe come and get her or, or do something. Right. But he passed it and he was devastated that his only child was missing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so the neighbor, didn't the neighbors come over around 9.30 or like 10-ish? They came at 10. So it was literally a half hour window. Yeah. Weird. The police requested Barbara to do a polygraph test. But three days after Casey's disappearance, she found out she was pregnant with her third child. And so she was excused. I've thought about this for a while. I don't know. Is it because maybe your pregnancy would affect the results of a a polygraph test? Like, does it change your stress levels or your blood pressure? Do you know what I mean? So they excused her from doing the polygraph test because of the pregnancy. That is weird. They, yeah, yeah, she did do the polygraph test a year later, and she passed a year later. Why would they wait that long? I don't know. I wrote, what the fuck? Yeah. Police believed Casey was murdered or abducted and living somewhere either in Canada or the United States with no memory of her family or who she was. Seven months after Casey's disappearance, the family moved eight kilometers away to Surrey, thinking they'd feel safer there, and she then gave birth to her third daughter, Shauna. Casey, Stacy, and Shauna. Yeah. I also think it's weird that, would you move, like, no. okay, if you felt unsafe and you wanted to move, seven, eight kilometers isn't very far. No, you might as well stay in the same house. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, I guess like, they didn't want, maybe because it was at that house, if, if she'd got abducted. See, I, I don't think I would move in case she came back. Which is common. Lots of people whose children go missing, they don't, in case yeah. she one day finds her way home. Right. Yeah, like that. So that's but they pieced out. They went to Surrey. In the years following the disappearance, Barbara joined an organization called the Victims of Violence, and in 1992, she attempted to get a National Missing Children's Day recognized in Canada to have parents of missing children's pain honored. So she was quite active and vocal about her daughter being missing. And I know this was shortly before Michael Dunahy went missing. Like she she'd gone. She was missing just before this. Yeah. And so she attended all, you know, the rallies for him and and vigils and things like that. Over the next several years, Barbara's testimony and recounts of the details of her daughter's disappearance became increasingly inconsistent, including her claiming she saw three masked intruders the night before Casey went missing, at which point she then blacked out and couldn't remember anything else. What? This is fishy. Barbara's sus. She's super sus. 
Jonathan ended up moving to South Korea in the mid-90s to teach English. And in 2001, he saw Barbara for the last time. They came home and ended their relationship, which left her heartbroken. And then her and her other two daughters, so it would have been Stacy and Shauna. Mm -hmm. So only Shauna, the youngest, was biologically Jonathan's daughter. Right. But so uh, Barbara still had those two daughters in her custody. So they moved to Kamloops. And at that point, Stacy started acting out. She was older now. Mm-hmm. And it, her behavior became too much for Barbara to cope. And it, she was actually, both daughters were moved from their mom and put into foster care. I've read a couple things. One said it was Barbara felt she was unable to cope and kind of ha- handed them over. And other things said that social services took them right. and was under a disciplinary action. So May 2001, Barbara, after losing her children traveled back to Vancouver, and she committed suicide by jumping off the Patella Bridge into the Fraser River. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty sad. That's tragic. Sad life, really. So after doing a deep dive here, uh, I found an article from March 2004, and there's an article that reports, a picture from a European prostitution ring and pedophile network had been analyzed and was found to be a 90% match to Casey Bowen based on facial structure. However, it is not known if the police u- have used this or have looked further into it at all. So it was like from some p- like pedophile site that's in like North Holland. What? Yeah, like random, but th- I have the picture of it and it compares like the structure of the face to right. her and it's a 90% match. I don't know if in these kind of assessments is that is 90% like really good or is it does it have to be 100? Like I have no idea what well, 90% have, means. People have so many doppelgangers like you see lookalikes of people all right. the time. So, so maybe, would that be considered? Maybe 90% isn't that close. It just yeah. sounds close. I'm not really sure. And in 2013, this is kind of a side note. Her sister, so Stacy, she and she'd gone into foster care, right? Mm-hmm. When she was about eleven, she actually her foster family. Have you heard of the band BTO? Mm-mm. So there's this band from the seventies, uh, Backman Turner Overdrive. They were quite popular in the seventies, actually. And the man Timothy Bachman, he was the foster father for her then in in oh, okay, two thousand early two thousands. She in 2013 accused him of sexually assaulting her from the time she was 11 till she was 14. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so she said he sexually assaulted her till she was 14, at what point At what point she ran away from the foster home and got into drugs. And she became addicted to meth. Mm-hmm. And then I guess she got herself clean and, and cleaned up. And that's when she remembered all this stuff that had happened to her. And she took him to court. Right. But unfortunately, because her memory was so affected by the drugs, it, she wasn't reliable enough with her dates and the things that happened that they dropped the charges. Aww. Yeah. Then a year later, he was accused by a separate person for the same shit. Oh, my goodness. So so it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. It's a pretty good chance that, yeah, that she did remember. She just couldn't get it right. straight away in her, in her head. Mm. Um, so she's also had a really rough go. Yeah. Yeah. Casey Bohan case is still an open investigation to this day. And she, if she was alive, if she's out there right now, she'd be 36 years old. My goodness. That's a lot. That's the disappearance of Casey Bohan. So was there theories? Like if she was, like her mom sold her to like a prostitution ring? I haven't come across like... anything like that. There was some suspicions on her, her mom's parenting. Nothing that actually like pointed fingers at the mom. Or mm-hmm. even Jonathan, the boyfriend. 
it was more like perhaps neglect, you know, and I think the general belief is she was abducted and murdered or the best case scenario is she was taken somewhere else and is still alive. But there's just nothing. It's like, it's funny that this case is so similar to the Michael Dunahy case and it happened not that far long before, but there's barely anything on this. Right. Right. But Michael Dunahy's known. So why do you think that is? No idea. I have no idea. That's crazy. So that it was kind of around the same time. Mm-hmm. They went missing. Yeah, so Casey went missing in 89, and Michael Dunahy went missing in 91. Mm. So that's fairly close together. So why there's such a discrepancy in the popularity of the, or the, mm-hmm. the media taking on the Michael Dunahy case. Right. I, it's, it's bizarre to me. That's weird. Right, so we came across, it was a, I believe it was a Reddit. Was it a Reddit thing? I think so. We came across a theory about Michael Dunahy that claimed how he had wandered off to, or he went to the park, and they were supposedly playing maybe hide and seek, and he, there's a big dumpster there, and perhaps he had climbed into the dumpster or fell into the dumpster, and it is reported that a, a du- the garbage truck had come into the area to empty the dumpster and then took it to its whatever site they dump it. I guess they have various spots they dump the garbage, and... They had asked the, the garbage truck driver where he took that specific mm-hmm. load of garbage, and he said he had no idea. They, he did he gave the one he thought it was, and I know the police had gone there and searched, but did yeah. they search the right spot? Did they search deep enough? Who knows? And so that's another theory that I'd never heard before, that perhaps he... Fell into the dumpster. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either, but it's possible. Sure is. All these movies that you watch where kids get abducted, they literally get abducted from their front yards oh, like yeah. that it seems like a common thing so it's it's normally like someone that they know or yep. whatever right it be it's it's it can happen so fast and it's just a sometimes just a crime of opportunity there it's there all the things you just it just happens i don't know yeah it's awful so does it, the other daughters are they good now what? um that's the last thing i have yeah. on stacy she is Probably 33, 34. Right. Uh, I, know, I know she has a child, at least one child, okay. and then there's nothing on the youngest child, Shauna. There's, I couldn't even find a photo of her. Oh, crazy. It's very sad. Very sad. Well, there you have it. What a downer of a story, though. Sorry, everybody. Well, that concludes our first episode of our third season. Sure does. And if it wasn't so fucking hot in here, I might stay and chit-chat, but I know it's, it's damn hot. It keeps looking at me like she's very uncomfortable and <laughs> wants to punch me in the face, <laughs> even though it's got nothing to do with That's me. the heat talking. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.